Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. So happy you're tuning in. Man, I'm excited for you to listen to this next conversation with Lee Trink. Lee is the CEO and co-owner of FaZe Clan. And if you've never heard of FaZe Clan, uh, if you're 51, 52 like myself, you probably haven't heard of it. But I asked my kids, they definitely knew who FaZe Clan was or what FaZe Clan was. And I asked numerous other people around the same age as my kids, they all knew who they were. And they were so excited and could not believe that I was having the CEO of FaZe Clan on my show. And once you dive in and you learn more about Face Clan, you'll understand why, because they are a juggernaut of a brand. I'm so impressed with what Face Clan is and has become and is becoming. Uh, it's very exciting. They are on, I think, a new cultural wave, and I liken it and hearken it to almost how powerful, and I think it's even more powerful, exponentially more powerful, how MTV impacted my generation, Generation X, from 1981 all the way to the mid-90s. And I was there when MTV launched and sat up all night and watched it. And from that point on, just how MTV was kind of in every aspect of our lives. It was always on, part of our lives, all the way up into my young adulthood. And I think this that's maybe not be a fair analogy, but I think it's the closest thing I can do to kind of help you understand how powerful FaZe Clan is. In 2010, it was just a couple guys starting to record them playing Call of Duty and posting it on on YouTube, showing them some crazy trick shots and doing some unique things. And in 10 years later, it has grown to this one of the it is the world's most prominent and influential gaming organizations known for its disruptive original content, known for its engaging influential personalities, over 85 personalities, which consists of world class gamers engaging content creators, and, and other talent beyond the world of gaming. Uh, NBA star Ben Simmons, NFL star Juju Smith-Schuster. It's just an amazing thing to see and watch. And, and again, it, it all kind of started around gaming, but it has since grown into this kind of lifestyle, fashion lifestyle, gaming, esports, disruptive content creation that is really defining how this next gen generation consumes contents, how they play, how they shop. And <clears throat> Lee Trink comes from the entertainment industry. He began as an assistant DA in Brooklyn, you know, legal background, and then he always a passion for music and he has this creative business mindset. And he left legal the legal world to start his career in, in entertainment in the early 2000s. And he got on with Lava Records and then eventually became the president of... EMI's Capital Music Group, which include Capital Records, Virgin Records, Blue Note Records, and on and on. He launched the careers of Katy Perry and Jared Leto's 30 Seconds to Mars. He left Capital Records and started his own business where he managed Kid Rock, the Backstreet Boys, Ice Cube. The, the bottom line is he, he comes from the world of entertainment, and he left that because he saw, again, this new cultural wave, this unique opportunity of what FaZe Clan was becoming. And so what you're going to learn in this conversation is put yourself in his shoes. I think it's an enviable leadership position to be in. I kind of hearken it to, to the days when I was in the Marine Corps where you did have this separation. And this is where I think it's interesting for Lee because Lee kind of brings the required business discipline, the leaderships that needed to scale this business, but your product or at least what you're trying to continue to grow is this kind of unbridled, enthusiastic, disruptive culture 
right, with with essentially 85 rock stars. And you look at the personalities in there. It's an interesting uh, dichotomy. And I think it's, it's, it's similar to the music industry, but it's better because th- these personalities within FaZe Clan, I think, are some of the unique, most unique personalities and positive personalities in that cultural space. They're self-starters. They're entrepreneurial. They're disciplined. But they're disruptive. And I think sometimes that's I, I, I crave that. I need. I, I think that's so needed. Uh, you've heard me say it. We should always be punching mediocrity in the face. And Face Clan does that with abandon. And I just loved. I love what Face Clan is doing. I love the brand, and I love Lee's leadership style. And I think he's the perfect guy and the perfect CEO at the right moment at the right time. And anyway, you're just going to love this conversation. So put yourself in in his shoes, and what would you do? How would you lead in this unique environment, walking that tightrope of executing the the needed business discipline at the same time, not dampening what made Face Clan successful up to this point. The disruptive, creative content. Um, anyway, we dive into that, and you know, I think you'll see how unique it is. Anyway, thanks for tuning into the show. I know I talked a little bit long in this intro, but Phase Clan is 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 so unique, and it's kind of hard to describe. But you're really going to enjoy this conversation. If you're a fan of the show, please take the time to sc- subscribe, rate, and review. It would mean the world to me, and I really do appreciate it. All right, let's get on with this conversation. This great conversation with Lee Trink, the CEO and co-owner of Phase Clan, here on Dose of Leadership. Well, Lee, so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. Thank you. Great to be here, Richard. Yeah, I've been really excited uh, for this day. I mean, uh, when Michael Sugar, Michael, he recommended you and I started doing the homework on FaZe and I've just been, I've become kind of like a a FaZe Clan junkie. I don't know if a a 51-year-old, almost 52-year-old is going to be allowed in the FaZe Clan, but man, uh, I'm really excited about what, what you're doing. Hey, we, we we take them, uh, all, you know, all shapes, sizes, ages. You know, we we, uh, we we're, we're welcoming. Yeah, we were talking before the recording that this is the best kept secret in entertainment, and I, and I can see why. Can, can help me explain to my listeners just what is Face Clan, because I'm sure a lot of my listeners don't don't even know what it is. Yeah, so you know, there, there's there's two sides to what Face Clan is. There's there's the side that kind of became the buzzword of 2019 of esports, right? Esports right. became like super buzzy word. Um, and, you know, so that makes up about half of what FaZe Clan is. And what is esports? It's the competitive side of gaming, right? It's, it's um, you know, we have seven different teams, right? We've got, um, you know, there are different games, different players in each of the games, and we happen to be in seven of them. Um, there are some of our competitors are in as many as 20 um, you know, have 20 esports teams. And so those are the guys that get paid to compete uh, professionally. Um, and I think that's now people understand what that is. Right. I think the art is something maybe more surprising. And, and I think it's also uh, notable to say each one of those teams are called FaZe Clan, right? It's right. as if the Lakers, if they had an, an NFL team, it would be called the Lakers. Right. And if, a you know a, a tennis player they would play under the Lakers right like it's that kind of idea that that we are the same brand in every game that we that we add on right you know I think that's really important in terms of the the, the brand building ability um, and and so now the second side uh, are also people within we consider them members of FaZe Clan but what they do is they make content. Um, and that content is usually broken up into two different forms. 
video content where the, the, the typical platform is like YouTube. These are people that are making gaming content, but they're making lifestyle content, like what we call gaming adjacent, right? So right. it's, what does that mean? That means content that our fans would enjoy. That's it. It's as simple as that. Right. And, you know, sometimes that's about people's lifestyle. That's about, that's, it could be pranks. It could be comedy. It could be travel. It could be anything. Um, and so, so there's the, the, the video and demand part. And then there's the live streaming part where, so when people hear about Twitch, uh, that's, that's really probably the main platform. It's really one of the main platforms where you would have that kind of content. And that is typically somebody at home streaming their own gameplay while they talk about it. So right. they're both demonstrating their aptitude in the game and they're also, they're showing their personality. And, and typically the, more, the most popular gamers um, on Twitch and the pop, most popular streamers are really a combination of phenomenal players, but also really compelling personalities, right? Yeah. So, Whereas the esports side is exclusively about your skill level, the other side is really much more broad and about your, you know, your ability to, to entertain. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's it's a it's um, a wave, or it's, it's cap capturing a wave that that I would think the mainstream media, like you said, you, you just don't even know. I mean, I'm 52, almost 52, and my friend. We were talking about this, and I said, "You got to check the, this thing out." They're really honest on it. Of course, I'm familiar with the gaming culture. I have kids in that in that age range, and I play video games myself. But you're right, tapping into when someone on the outside first looks at it, you go, "What is this?" Right? And it's like, and I guess that's the newness of it. I mean, it's it's the combination of what you said, right? I think that there's kind of an historic bias against understanding this. Right? Yeah, gaming is not new. Gaming right. is decades old industry, you know, but I think, and, and then if you take gaming and kind of YouTube culture yep. that, you know, those, those industries, you know, that, that form of entertainment is let's call it underappreciated by the traditional entertainment business. I think the traditional inter entertainment business historically has not believed that those are worthy of the type of discussions, the type of platforms, the type of um, attention that, let's say, film or television or music or traditional sports have, right? So right. You, you have that gaming audience and that YouTube audience that has been siloed and that has had only themselves to interact with. Right. Then you have the traditional space that's been doing that's been doing its thing. Um, so that siloed area has just over the last number of years grown exponentially. And now what, what I feel like, you know, a large part, sorry, that was my dog. That's fine. A, a large part of what, what I feel like one of my chief roles has been is building a bridge in between that siloed gaming and YouTube um, community and the traditional entertainment space. Yeah. I think that's now what you're seeing and that's yep. why there's like, you know, it's like gaming is like a 20 year overnight, uh, you know, success. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, that makes a perfect sense to me. And, and, and the way you explain it, I go, yeah, that's, I think that's why the newness. And I tell you how I explained it to my friend who's the same age as me, you know, in 1981, in the summer of 81, 
when MTV first launched, he and I were stood up all night watching it. And when I started looking at this, it's kind of like what MTV was to me back in 1981. Does that make sense? Is that a fair, fair analogy? Richard, not only does that make sense, I consistently make the comparison um, to MTV. Yeah. It, what Phase Clan is. I think, I think what makes things even, even more difficult to describe what Phase Clan is, is that we, we don't really have a direct competitor that yeah. does the breadth of what we do. We have competitors that do esports, but we don't really have competitors that do content as expansively as, as we do. And partially, you know, we, we have such a significant size of an audience, um, you know, just to give, you know, a, a little bit of a tangent, but, you know, from, from, the, from a social media footprint size, we're larger than the number two, three, and four teams combined. Yeah. So we're really disproportionate juggernaut as it relates to that, you know, the social influence and the content side. Um, but but I make the comparison to MTV in that, and, and I, I really refer to the MTV of the 90s, right, where MTV was kind of at its most dominant, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s, when MTV obviously spoke specifically to youth culture, um, and in that case, Generation X. Yep. Uh, so they, they spoke to them, but they also spoke for them. MTV for, was, was a window into what are the different ways you can fill your life with, um, with, with certainly entertainment, but just other elements to, to introduce that generation to the world. And that's, that's how, how, how I think about FaZe as well, where, you know, FaZe has, um, we, we've really demonstrated what is the pinnacle of gaming lifestyle? What is that aspirational gaming lifestyle? Um, but we also, you know, through our talent and through the FaZe Clan voice, we also, um, we, we, we inform our audience about other things they might care about. You know, things like fashion, right? Things yeah. like music, things like other, other sort of cultural touchstones that our audience is largely learning through their experience of, 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 of FaZe Clan. So, so it's, 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 uh, it's spot on when you make the comparison to, to, yeah. to the MTV. Yeah, it was kind of like, you know, when, when it happened then, there was nothing that really kind of bridged those two things together in a medium. And you're right, and I'm a Gen Xer, and, and MTV was the channel that almost all of us had on almost all the time. Right. And as it, as we got older into the 90s and everything, the content started changing on the channel. Right. They started, you know, doing the reality shows and all of those other things. So, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's right. exciting. And that's the same way as I say gaming adjacent. What they did was music. Adjacent. Exactly. That's exactly right. Well, th this is interesting because your background, you know, I'm curious how you started out as a, as a, a as a D.A. in Brooklyn, found yourself into the entertainment industry, the music industry. And then you left and you went to phase. I, I think that makes sense. And because I see a lot of similarities between managing music talent to managing this talent. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. The, the, the leap from, from music to phase clan, I would say was a much shorter leap than from the DA's office. <laughs> yeah, to the for sure. Although I, I used to joke that, um, 
I just dealt with a different group of criminals when I got to the music. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, but, you know, oddly enough, and, and this is, I think, also specific to FaZe Clan, the music business really gives you a tremendous toolkit to, to analyze this space, um, which, which, you know, for me was really important in that, you know, while FaZe Clan at this point is a 10-year-old brand, which is kind of incredible, right? This, right. this is, you know, we, we celebrate our 10-year our anniversary this month, um, you know, of this brand started by kids, but the business is really very new. Right. It, you know, earlier than, than two years ago, this was scarcely a business. And, you know, so the task here was how do you build a business to capitalize on what the brand is and what the brand can be. And I, I really felt that um, specifically the record label structure uh, was, was really instructive. Um, and I think, you know, was certainly the, the, the blueprint, at least the starting blueprint um, in, in, in how, uh, in how the, the, the infrastructure behind FaZe Clan was built. Yeah, because I'm sitting here, and as I'm wrapping my head around it, I'm looking at this talent, and I'm, I, I watched a lot of bios of, of these guys, like Face Temper and, and Kay and Nate Hill and, and all these guys, and I'm thinking, wow, okay. It's kind of like you're going out and you're finding this unique talent in this pool, and you're bringing them onto your team, and you're signing them on to basically create content as they're playing games. I mean, that's a simplified way, right? I mean, yeah. but you're bringing them under contract much like I would, if I was a musician and, and you saw some talent in me and you're giving me a stage and a spotlight. So it's a win-win for everybody, right? Is that a, am I summing yeah. it up right? Yeah. And I think to even take, take that, to take it a little further, right. To, to look at, you know, what are the goals in each, in each business? If you look at it broadly and put the subject matter aside is you're looking to recruit talent, right? Then you're looking to develop talent, make them grow, blow them up as, yeah. as personalities and make, make them more famous, um, commercialize that opportunity and commercialize it in a way that doesn't kill it. Right. And I think that that's, I think that's where some people go wrong in this space. It, it's a, it's really a, a, a delicate balance between culture and commerce. And yeah. if, you overly commercialize it, you kill it. And the, the ideal would be to keep that talent as popular and as, um, is, as impactful as long as you can, right? Yep. And, you know, we all know the stories in the music business where some people are a one-hit wonder and some people have a 30, 40-year career. Right. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different examples in between, but a lot of it has to do with how do you tend to the career? How do you, you know, how do you continue to excite fans and not get greedy in the commercialization where your fans leave because you've kind of quote unquote sold out? Um, and we have those same challenges. Yeah. And I think it's even probably even more with this one because it seems like the fan base is so much more connected. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's as opposed to the music industry. Yeah. So, so I'll tell you the, the, how I look at it. And, it. and it's interesting for me, right? I, I ran record companies and now I'm running this company, right? Mm -hmm. When I ran record labels, there was never one time 
where the community of, of music fans had an opinion about the way I was running the business. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Right. You know, and, but here, this is an extremely outspoken community. And, you know, so I, and I think about this subject a lot and I wonder, well, maybe, you know, if I, when I start to really analyze it, I think, well, maybe that's because it's only, it's only been recent that there's a two way communication. That's even a possibility, right? Right. You know, 15 plus years ago, 10 plus years ago, you'd have to write a letter and mail it. (laughs) Right. And so that's a big hurdle. If you want to vocalize your displeasure at how Warner brothers is treating Prince. Exactly. Right. 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 No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. and, And here, these are fans that have been born with a two-way communication tool, right? right. Or two-way two communication tools. And so as a result, they've enjoyed the ability to easily voice their delight, concern, disdain, <laughs> you, you name it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking about that. I try to put myself in your shoes. I'm looking at these these leadership challenges. Of course, I'm a leadership junkie. And I'm like, man, what would I be thinking and worried about if I was in your shoes and you kind of, you were hitting on it right there. I think to me, like the biggest thing that that would be gnawing at me is like, how do I, because the uniqueness of this is, is you, this was blowing up before it was a business. And so you like, you're seeing the opportunities like, wow, how do I take this thing that's already mushroomed and now to create a business out of it or, or make it even more business-like. And to me, the challenge is how do you walk that fine line of introducing the needed business discipline and expertise to scale without dampening down that kind of youthful, creative, spontaneous culture. That's, that's, that's the whole reason why it blew up in the first place. Right. And so the, to me, that would just be driving me crazy. Like, how do I make sure that, cause I'm sure you're probably the oldest guy in the room most of the time. I, can, I call myself the old man here. I am right. the oldest. Um, you know, I I think about that a lot, but the but the good news for me is, I've thought about that my whole career, at least post DA's office, right? Like right. that was that I've been walking that tightrope for for twenty years. I guess so, that's true. Yeah, managing Kid Rock is probably some. You know, it, you had to do that, right? Same thing. It is the same thing. It's how do you not overdo it? How right. do you how do you make the, the, enough money? but leave the money on the table. So you don't, you know, so not everything is about making money. You have to balance growing the brand, keeping the the brand vibrant. Right. And so in Kid Rock's case, yeah. How do you make sure the audience continues to believe in him while you're looking for commercial opportunities? Mm -hmm. Um, It's the same, you know, when, when you're at a record label, you do that all the time. You're doing that constantly. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's records dropping weekly when you're, when you're, um, when you're running a major record label, right? I mean, you know, when I was president of Capitol Records, I mean, our release schedule is crowded. So right. you have that tightrope and, and many iterations of that tightrope. So, you know, the good news for me is I, I put in my 10,000 hours on that tightrope before taking this gig. Right. And, so as a result, I, I at least had the gut feel for what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. Um, you know, and 
you know, what, what was also important when I became CEO was to pull the founders of FaZe Clan closer in with me because they have an appreciation of the underlying subject matter that I, I'll, I'll never have. Sure. Right. Yeah. Who actually created this space. And so they were, they were really my, my eyes and ears. And I, I, I did, and I continue to rely on the founders um, to, to help navigate the community um, because they're, they're just, they're just dramatically more attuned um, to it than, than I, than I'll ever be. I think it's a great position to be in, to be quite honest, because when I look at, and I love facing leadership challenges and finding chances, you know, the various organizations that I've been thrust in in leadership roles, I would much rather be in a position where I have to rein things in instead of trying to kick people in the ass, if that makes sense. And the beautiful thing about where you're at is you're con- you're in a this 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 momentum, this kind of phoenix coming full bore. And at worst case, you have to rein it in. You know, you don't have to do anything to kick but anybody to get things going. That's what I think is exciting about it. That's a it's a real luxury that the energy behind the brand is so dramatic. The the fans are so incredibly passionate. Um, you know, so it's it's you know I, I sometimes liken it to breaking the biggest band of my life. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Except yeah. that that it was it was already broken. You know, it was already on its way before I showed up. Right, yep. this already was a meaningful brand. We needed to kind of harness the power properly, focus on the on the ways to grow it. You know get all of the, you know, really the founders and the talent together and, and just start moving in the same direction. Right. That yeah. was, it was, it was coalescing everything and, and, you know, and, and, you know, putting us in a position to win exponentially, right. To yeah. take, take what had been done. And it's, you know, it's, 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 it's exciting. It's maddening. It's like all you run the gamut of, yeah. of emotions. It's never boring. You know, look, I would say that I wouldn't mind a boring day here. No, here I understand. The- yeah. Almost never get it, right? It's been it's been two years at breakneck pace. You know, but but you know, on the flip side, we're we you know, this is something that I, I try and remind um my staff of um consistently and um and and the talent. What what the privilege of doing what we're doing to be able to actually influence culture in the way we are, to be at the forefront of a, of a, a really an emerging industry, emerging into a, a kind of a, onto the world stage at this moment in time with, with a brand that is the 800 pound gorilla in the space. What an incredible luxury. Yeah. What a, you know, that, that so few people get to pioneer anything like this that had, you know, like, I, we can't look across the street at a competitor and, and, and borrow ideas from them, right? Yeah. We, we're creating this out of whole cloth. Well, you know, the thing that I think you're blessed with, and, and I think this is different than the music industry in a positive way, is when I look at like um, Faze Temper, I look at Kay, I look at Jarvis, I look at some of your players like Nate Hill, there are characteristics of those guys. And again, I don't know them. You know them better than I do. I'm just knowing them from what I'm seeing from the brand, but they, I don't, I don't, 
know if they fully appreciate the leadership skills that they have, the innate ones. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of discipline involved. There's a tremendous amount of this entrepreneurial spirit. There's this kind of um, self-starter mentality. If, if this isn't what it was, if I had guys like that in my business, if it's just a normal standard business and I'm making whatever, I would want guys like that on my team, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And, it, and it's interesting because you know, I do make a lot of comparisons to this in the music business and to these talent and musicians. And what I say all the time, and this is you're recognizing this point, is everybody who comes into FaZe Clan has to be a self-starter. Right. Because these were kids that were home with a computer and a dream, and you have to put one foot in front of the other in order to get to a point where FaZe Clan is able to take a look at you and go, oh, that's interesting. That's somebody that might fit, right? Whereas music is a little bit different. Like, yeah, you have to learn your craft and yeah, but I, I don't think that you find as many um, disciplined. No, uh, yeah. As here in, in gaming. I think discipline is a fabric of what they do. Yeah, I see a lot of sharp, again, they probably don't even notice it in themselves yet, but I mean, the opportunity to be, leaders not only in a business sense but also with themselves and and the and the the image that they're portraying or you know or the, or the example that they're setting is a better way to say it is tremendous and i love how you're communicating with them hey this is this is a great way we're at a privileged spot you know what i mean i think that that puts a little more responsibility or at least um, awareness on their part that I just think is going to help the brand even more. Because as these guys mature, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in 10 years? You know, these guys are going to, you know, like and, Temper, and those guys are going to be in the 30s, you know, in 10 years. And, but, right. but they're going to be, I don't know. I, I just, they're leaders, I guess is my point. And, and I don't know if they know it. Yeah, right. It, it's really, you, you don't, you don't, it's not natural to take that significance. And I, and I put yeah. that on the, on the end the staff here, right? Some, you know, a lot of my staff, it's their first job. If, if this is your first job, you're, you know, it's, it's like, you think this is what normal work is. <laughs> right, right. And so, you know, I, I believe in 10 years, 20 years, like people will be telling the story of what we did here. And so I, I want that to sink in partially because I want them to take it with that level of seriousness, right? Like to, to understand that, like, this we we are in in many ways creating history here yeah and that and that they will i want I, I want them to to think about it now because i i don't want it to just dawn on them in 10 years when they tell the war stories of how we did it right which they will um you know and the same with the talent right i, I want them i want that, that i want the gravity of that to hit them of of we are doing something historic here and like Part of it is a way to get people to rise to the occasion. Yeah. No, I, I think that's great. I think you're on the right track for sure. And I even see it. I think I saw one of Temper's videos. He even said, he goes, wow, sometimes I wake up and I think I am really blessed. You know, and if they're saying that now, I mean, if they can keep that mindset and that awareness, uh, it's just it's just amazing what you guys will be able to accomplish. It's just exciting. You know, it kind of reminds me, I came from the Marine Corps and as an officer in the Marine Corps, it was kind of like, and I look at, you look at an infantry platoon, you know, it's when they do what they're called to do, it's pretty chaotic and gnarly, right? And so you need a certain type of individual who's willing to go. And they kind of remind me of some of these guys, right? The kind of the mindset that Temper and Jarvis and those guys have, they have that same mindset as some of those young enlisted Marines who are, you know, are kicking down doors and, and taking names, right? But at the same time, as the officer, you need to 
that's what you want them to be that kind of work hard, play hard, but at the same time, no one to turn it off and no one to be disciplined, right? That's kind of, that's why I think it resonates with me because I see that same type of leadership. And I love that. I love that culture where, you, again, you're harnessing in all this like chaotic energy. I just love that. And that's what the Marine Corps was all about, harnessing and being the composed force within a chaotic scenario. And that's what phase is. There's a lot of chaos going on, but there's got to be some composure in the middle of it, I think. I think I think we try. I think the guys try. I think I think there's there's an additional challenge of, you know, you add fame and money into the yeah, mix. Yeah, that's the danger, right? Yeah, right. And and it's so it's it's look it's 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 challenging. Um, it's challenging for them. Um, I have um, I have I have sympathy for them. Right. I think that ju- you know just because those are those you know fame and money might be great things to have it doesn't mean that they're not that you know certainly the fame part is not a burden at times um and doesn't create other challenges um you know not the least of which is emotionally right and especially these you know some of my guys they're young kids you know that's it's a it's 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 not easy i don't and i don't want to presume that it's easy and you know different people have different backgrounds and histories and different abilities to deal with the the complexities that they have to that they have to you know to to encounter yeah and i think that's something you and you're saying it that would keep me awake too is like how do i keep going down and don't get lost so it just starts to you know it starts to turn into like some of those horror stories of the music industry where you're finding the talent and, and then once you're done with them they're tossed to the side right you don't want that to have happen in this this case right especially young talent like we want to you know we really preach balance to them and their parents um and that's another dynamic right we've got we've got young kids and we have their parents and you know like we we don't want to burn anybody out uh, we, we, we want our, you know, th- those kids to, to have a childhood, um, and to focus on education also. And, and I, I you know, I, I certainly feel, um, that we have responsibility, um, uh, for, for that. Well, right. I mean, but at, at the same time, like you just said it right there, I think that you've got tremendous opportunities, not only for the players that you do, that you have, but it, opportunities for the fan base, what, like the type of messaging that you can come across. I mean, you get, you're in a tremendous opportunity being the juggernaut that you are. You can like, you can shape the culture pretty much however you want it to be the messaging that, that you want it to be. You know, I think that's a tremendous opportunity. And, and look, we're, we we're not like, um, you know, we're not some like whitewashed brand. Either. No. We uh-uh. got real edges we have real people. We have a breadth of very different personalities, and you know, and our, our edginess is part of our appeal. So you know, there's there's always pressures as you grow that you know you have you know we we have brands that we work with that um, you know that are that are vocal about some of you know some sure. of the talent, and you know, f- for me also again, this is where my 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 comfortability is a, is based on my my time spent in the music business where that's that you know that existed also right that's that's why in many ways while there's so much new here that for me there's so much that's familiar and you know again i managed kid rock exactly you know? right I, and, and i i would have to and and so and it's and it's funny because I'll, I'll get into this conversation with my chief revenue officer who's doing deals and he's done amazing work. And 
I know what some of those brands and we do, we deal with some blue chip brands who, you know, have opinions about things. And, you know, and I remember in, in negotiating, you know, deals with, you know, General Motors with Kid Rock and we were doing, you know, in the, in the contract. And, and for me, it's, you're doing this deal because it's Kid Rock. Don't, don't, don't ask him now to not behave like Kid Rock, right? Like right. you're, you, you, you want all of it, right? You want what's compelling about it. And it doesn't mean that we should be a runaway train. We're not, but we all, we, we have to also support our, you know, our talent and, you know, and, and their, you know, their, their colorfulness at times. Right. It's kind of like up here at University of Kansas, they brought in Snoop Dogg for, to do a halftime show. Yeah. And Snoop Dogg was Snoop Dogg. And then people were kind of shocked that he was Snoop Dogg, right? You knew what you were bringing in. So why are you shocked? Yeah, I love it. I, I have something in, in our in our contracts that I called the Kid Rock Clause after the first time I did it. And it was the Kid Rock Clause was, you know, it, you know you're, you're aware of what he's done in the past. And if he does that, that's not going to be a breach of the, of the agreement. Don't right. be surprised. You know, if, if, the, if you have a dog and he barks, you shouldn't be surprised. I love it. What so? What is? What are your? As you've kind of, and how long have you been the CEO? Is it four years now? Well, I've, I've only been CEO since September of 2018, and I, and I was I was really an advisor um, for a couple of years before, before that, that. Okay. I still had my management company. Yeah. So I, I was managing Kid Rock and other artists um, while I was developing a relationship with Phase Clan. So as you're starting to build and put some of the business discipline behind this, as you're growing the business, what are the expectations of someone that comes to work for face talent? Not, not only the, the, the uh, customer facing talent, but even the behind the scenes, what, what are some of the things you as a CEO are looking for? For, for my talent? Yeah. Well, and, and for people behind the scenes, like, you know, both. I mean, if, for, for your talent, the, the customer facing stuff, the YouTube stuff, and for the people that are working behind the scenes, what are you looking for? No, I, I think first and foremost is 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 I I, I want people who are passionate yeah. about what we're doing. Um, the reality is, is if you're not passionate about what we're doing, there's plenty of jobs for you. Maybe easier jobs, maybe a boss that's easier on you know easier <laughs> right. on you than than I might be um, or or somebody else might be. Um, because we I, you know it matters to me. I t- I take this. Like when I say it's a privilege, I, there, I, I am not being hyperbolic. I really believe it. Um, nothing underscored that more to me when, you know, in, in going through some of the kind of trials and tribulations, um, you know, over the last couple of years and hearing from the audience directly like this, you know, FaZe Clan matters to our fans. It really matters. And so I, I want the company to be an extension of the brand. And, and really it, it's the founders who sort of first introduced that, that idea to me of that, the, that the staff should be an extension of, of the brand itself. Right. And, and I think that that's actually important. I think that having as many people here who live the culture um, is better for us is make, makes people more attuned to what we're doing. Yeah. But, you know, we certainly want want passionate people. We want people that are going to work hard. Um, we're going to celebrate each other. We're going to support each other. Um, you know, but but you know, we we value hard work on the talent side and on the company side. 
Um, and, you know, in, in both of those, you know, both of those rosters, if you want to call them both rosters, there's some people that don't make the cut. Yeah. Right. There are some people that need to be cut from being phase clan members. And there's some people in the, in the business side that just don't, it's just not a right fit. Um, and, and, you know, the, the good news is we, we have incredible passion uh, on both sides. Um, you know, the, the, the talent are certainly very vocal about it. I think that they, you know, they, they bleed phase. I think that, you know, there's a, there's a term that, you know, the, the way it was, it was sort of first used was, you know, we would be in a meeting, we'd be talking about, um, somebody on the, on the roster, on the talent roster. And are they, if they're unhappy, if they're, you know, if something's going on, they don't seem happy. And then, you know, it would, it, the, the question would be, oh, do they want to leave? Do they want to, you know, how bad is it? And sort of the best response that you could get is, no, 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 they're phased for life. <laughs> and that's like a real thing. Phase for life is a real concept for us. Um, and, you know, funny, I, I, I even used it the other day. In, in business dealings, there was kind of a really big deal that we had been working on in collaboration with another big, really big entertainment company. And, um, you know, on, on the other side, they, they just they, they couldn't get it over the finish line corporately. And I, I knew they were bummed out and I knew and I and I was, you know, we were emailing and I just said, no, no you two are phased for life. Uh-huh. Like that, that's, you know, so it, it it's it. It's an, it is an extension. Those things feel like an extension where, you know, the more we can blur the lines between the business and the, and the brand itself, I think we're, I think that's better. I think that's, I think that's always been the hallmark of, you know, any record label that I think was really exciting to work, to work for. Um, you had that attitude. You had the attitude of belief. You actually believed in the mission. Um, and, and certainly that's, you know, I, you know, I, I, tr- I try and on the business side, create an environment where there is something to believe in, um, and to allow people to, to genuinely participate in that. Um, you know, and, and I think it's worthy of that. I think what we're doing is actually worthy of that. Yeah. I think you're hitting it right on the head. And I think, I, and I know that's a reason why. Face Clan has been successful up to this point. And if you can continue to do that, making people understand where they fit into this culture and, and show them where they fit in and make them feel part of something bigger than themselves. And you, I think that that is a probably one of your primary jobs is to maniacally communicate that. I mean, and then, like you said, and, and you already see it in that culture. No, nah, man, they're faced for life. You know, that is a big deal. And I think if more organizations could tap into that, I mean, that's why you're, you're in such an enviable, enviable position. And from my vantage point to, to, to just create something and lead and having that passion and having that culture already embedded the face for life and, and seeing where people fit in. If you can nurture that from, for the next 20 years, it's just going to be amazing. It already is amazing, but I just, that's why I think it's so exciting. You're in a great position. And, and look, I, th- I, you know, I think our aspirations is that we sit alongside the greatest sports franchises or entertainment companies in the, in the history of this country. Yes. Uh, 
And that, that's our, that is our genuine aspiration. I think that we are on our way to do that. Um, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of work between now and, you know, between where we are now and, 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 and achieving that. But I think that that's what it's about. I think it's, I think we have people here that are, that are, have bought into the fact that we are making history every day. And not only that, you're kind of making the place better than you found it. And I don't, and I think some people might argue is like, well, how can people playing and posting, playing video games and posting videos seven, eight hours a day, how's that making the place better than you found it? I don't know. I would argue that, that you would, because I, again, I think some of the talent that you have, they're, they're, they're great examples of, all the positive attributes that we want to see in in the world in a lot of a lot of respects. I mean, that's how I see it. And again, as you know, look, I'll tell you what what brought that sort of concept home to me, and and I I sort of I I it it hit me based based on something that I was experiencing myself. But but even in this pandemic, um, you know. You know, number one, I think, you know, I think we're very fortunate that while, you know, the bulk of the, the entertainment in the sports world has been at a standstill, that we've been able to, you know, to, to keep moving. Um, I, think, I think, one, doing business in this time is patriotic. Um, but two, the other thing that, that really, that really uh, dawned on me was that you've got, um, you know, a lot of our fan base are kids. Yeah. They're, they're cooped up at home. They are, you know, it's a scary time that not everybody understands what's, what's going on. Not everybody has a great home life. You know, not, not every, not the idea of being cooped up with your parents or with a parent or whomever they are with for some people is not going to be a great experience. Yeah. And to, to have those kids have some normalcy of a, a personalities they're connected to like our talent and to be able to experience that and it can you know consistently during this time i think that is important for a lot of kids i think that that it's a it's a bit of a lifeline for for something that feels normal in a very abnormal time i agree with you and like you said i mean i didn't know much about face clan prior to michael sugar introducing us and and I mean, these are just my thoughts i'm saying like i said i look at the vast majority of your talent that you have the facing talent the, the celebrities these are guys I would want on my team no yeah. matter what I was doing, you know, because they, they, they've got some characteristics and character traits that, that are, are that are admired or admirable, you know. We we really do. We have and, – and, and there's a breadth of talent, right? There's not – it's not a homogenous group. No, it's, no. Completely you know, different. Yeah. And, I, and I will say that, you know, and it, com- it really starts from the founders on down, Um you know, these were incredibly astute kids. I mean, they were kids when they started this thing. Yeah. And f- for sure, I could never do this job if I didn't have them by my side. Yeah. It would be impossible. Um, what, what, what they bring, their, their deep knowledge in the space, um, their, you know, not only their knowledge of FaZe Clan, but the, their knowledge of, of this world, of what this ecosystem of this world is, is uh, it's, it's really critical. And they're, and they're really they're they're gifted people. I mean, really, it's it's uh, it's tremendous. No, I see it, and uh, and I I think that's what makes the brand even that much more exciting. And, and again, it, and and that's I think is the differentiator between some some of the the music talent that we've seen. You know, uh, yeah. th- I think it's different than the music industry in that regard. I really do. Yeah. No, I agree. 
what are your disciplines? What as we kind of wrap it up here, what are you kind of what do you do for yourself to kind of stay on top of your game? You got any personal habits that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I'm I'm pretty regimented. Um, you know, I you know, I work out most mornings. I you know, I try and uh, I have a, a kind of mixed routine of you know, I, I have a trainer a couple of times a week and do cardio, you know, three, four times a week. I think that keeps me on schedule. And I think that, you know, fitness helps for a lot of other things. And, and by the way, you know, we try and dispel this notion that gaming is sedentary because our, a lot of our guys are, are physically yeah, they fit. Work out. That's right. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that's important. Um, you know, I stay to schedule. I sometimes burn it at both ends. You know, I am from, I do come from the music business and, you know, um, so I, I think that there's, you know, a little, you know, uh, work hard, play hard, uh, fits in with, with, uh, with what I do. And, you know, and, and, uh, I, uh, I, I, I tend to keep to a pretty, a pretty consistent, um, schedule and just surround myself with family and friends otherwise. Um, and, you know, look, the reality is this job has, it's, it's taken a lot of, um, of space in my life, but it's, it's worthy of it. It feels like it feels putting in the, the amount of time and effort, um, is, uh, is, is, is a good, is a good thing. And, uh, and it, and it needs it now, yeah. right? it really the level of dedication right now. Um, you know, it, you know, it's another year of this type of frenetic pace, um, but other than that, yeah, try and try and keep, you know, try and eat pretty healthy, try and stick to that workout schedule and, uh, you know, and, and blow off some steam here and there. Yeah. Well, I, I can sense that. I love, I think, and I think as the brand overall, I think another reason why it's successful. And I think you personally, and I'm sensing this from you just from this conversation that you have a level of authenticity and transparency. I know it seems very important to you. And I yeah. think that authenticity and transparency coupled with this intensity of will and where that Venn diagram intersects, that's the sweet spot. And I think those are the type of leaders that are needed right now. And and you seem to be that type of leader from what I can gather. And the organization kind of seems that way because I think it is, it, it's rooted in authenticity. And I think that is one of the reasons why it's successful. Again, I'm, this is just a, my observation of an outsider looking in. But there seems to be a level of authenticity and transparency that makes the brand even stronger. And that's needed more than ever because half the stuff that you see on the main media, the main way we consume media isn't that way. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're being successful. So you are, you are spot on about this brand. We are, we want to be authentic and transparent warts and all, uh, you know, I, I tend to, um, if I lean in any direction, it's oversharing. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I get it. I have no problem with everybody knowing exactly what's in my in, what's in my head and what my intentions are. Um, I think it's uh, if if it's nothing else, it's a time management tool. Yeah, I could talk to you for hours, uh, Lee. Sure. I think this is just fa you're fascinating. I think you're a fascinating leader with a fascinating brand, and uh, I, I would love to be in your position. I, I just think you, you're on a you're riding a rocket ship here, and and uh, I just think there's nothing going to be but success if you continue to to do what you say you're going to do. What does the next two to three years look like? Are you even looking that far? Um, you know, it's it's hard to look three years ahead. I think that we, you know, I, I tend to look. I'm looking mainly at the next year, um, and then I think depending on how how well we we you know we execute according to that plan will will indicate the next. But look, we're 
you know, what I say is I look out, you know, out my window at the, at the, the rest of Los Angeles and kind of quote unquote Hollywood. And I feel like I'm coming for you. Um, yeah. I'm coming for you on the, on the, on the film side, the TV side. We are, we, we, you know, we look at content, um, broadly. We don't, um, we don't value a long form differently than a short form. We make every content, you know, the, what we're going to do is make content from 30 second TikTok videos to two hour films yeah. and everything in between. Um, we're looking to advance everything we do in the entertainment business um, overall. Um, and so I think that that's a big part of, of, of what this kind of let's, let's call it the next 18 months is, is really planting flags and doing that. And the other side is, is, um, is international expansion is already underway. Um, one of the luxuries that we have is that we're not a city-based team. Um, we consider ourselves the world's team. And part of that is not going to be about um, exporting American cool into other territories. Yeah. It's going to be homegrown cool under the FaZe Clan banner. Because what's cool in South Korea is maybe different than what's cool in Brazil and what's cool in Sweden. And we want, we want every territory to feel like they're represented within what FaZe Clan is. And that's going to be through homegrown talent. Well, I love it. Again, I think you're onto something great. And um, consider me a, a fan by proxy and, and we'll be paying attention and anything I can do to support Phase uh, Clan from Dose of Leadership, uh, never hesitate to ask because I just I believe that you're doing some great things. Phase for life, Richard. Phase for life. How can people learn more about you and Phase Clan and get in touch? And uh, what's what's a good thing to plug? Um, I mean, you can come check out our our website, phaseclan.com, our YouTube channels, our Instagram. Um, it, it's all it, every every one of those is is at Phase Clan. Uh, if you want to look at look look my stuff up, that's at Lee Trink on on uh, on any of the platforms, um, and dive in. I'll have plenty of links on the post notes on the on my website for the show. Lee, what an honor to have you on the show. Uh, I look forward to, to staying in touch, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Well, I, I really appreciate it, Richard. It was really a, a, a thoughtful conversation. Thank you for that. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope you got some value out of this episode. If you did, please do me a huge favor. Tell somebody about this show. Tell your spouse, tell your kids, tell your coworkers. Let them know about the value that Dose of Leadership brings to your world. Go to doseofleadership.com. You can learn more about my services. If you're looking for somebody to speak, teach, or coach about leadership, I'm your guy. I'm known for my ability to transform individuals and organizations, teaching them the concept of creating a culture of decentralized leadership. I do think that is the secret sauce to facing all the challenges that we face today. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I look forward to the next time we're together. And until the meantime, make it a great one.